Welcome to the Inspired Wild Podcast. I'm Trevin Stoltz for some in a tent in the Colorado woods with Tanner Vernon. We're not in the same sleeping bag, though. <laughs> Let <laughs> me just get that I'm clear. Glad, I'm glad you added that. Yeah, I just want to make sure that's... I think they'd sit together, though. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. We are there. That it goes in the no-go item. We've got a lot to talk about. It's been uh, an interesting week and a half. Um, the Colorado draws finally came out, or at least um, deer, antelope, moose. They'd already. Uh, done sheep and goat and uh i was on the about what not last week but the middle of the week before yep and i was on the mower and tanner came out and tanner was in the office editing or something you were doing something and you came out and you kind of had shaken your head and you said i didn't draw moose and uh, I said, oh, the uh, results are out? And you said, yeah, yeah, they're out. My buddy did, and he, my buddy drew. And I said, oh, awesome, I'm going to go check. Didn't think much about it. Figured I'd, you know, another preference point, and on we go with our life. And I sat down, logged on, and I had to get up. I had to, I had to have you look at it. <laughs> yep. Because... It said successful. Yep. Pretty wild. Yeah, crazy. And we are uh, actually in a tent on our first scouting trip. Yeah, we didn't uh, waste any time. Oh, no. A lot of what we're planning to do here is um, really just kind of get a feel for where, what we can see from where. You know, more scouting, road structures, glassing, a uh, little fly fishing here and there. Um, but uh, a lot of it's just learning the unit. You haven't spent a lot of time in, in this unit, have you? Not a lot. Um, some of the lower country looking for sheds, but uh, not not a ton in the upper stuff. Um, some fishing, but not a lot. And I drew, and yeah, you know, this is one of those things. I think it's, you know, people. You can tell people where you're hunting because this tag is so hard to get that you know other guys that are other hunters that either have hunted moose before or or hope too soon, they'll jump right in just because uh, and tell you what they've seen and because it's such a special special tag. And uh, it's unit 55, which, uh, 55 and 551. And um, the Gunnison, would you, would you call this the Gunnison Basin? Yeah, both those units are in the Gunnison yeah. Basin on the uh, east side of it. And so I'd never been here. No, but I I told you it's pretty it's a pretty special place. What do you think about it? It's gorgeous, man. It's beautiful, and it's uh, of course, you know, first part of June. So, it's warm, but it's not warm like 
yeah hot you know it's it's yeah. it's it's beautiful it's yep. gorgeous yeah and it, i mean it's not it's not gonna get hot here so that's what's that's our elevation good little uh i think right now we're sitting you got a watch on that to tell you. let's see 90 9188 so 9188 so almost 10 uh, you know just shy of 10,000 and um your buddy has spent quite a bit of time in this unit, and it's it's kind of interesting the fact that we found out there's four tags, four bull tags, and this is unique for this unit because they changed how it works for the tags. Um, last year, this is this will be the first year for this season choice, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think before you could, and I'm not positive on this, but you could draw like if you drew an archery um before the season started you could turn it in for a rifle tag but i don't know that you could hunt all the different seasons so and this year there's four tags available and we know two people <laughs> that drew um the well, fifty percent—that's pretty good. Yeah, and and then uh, it, the season choice means uh, it starts September twelfth. That first week, which is kind of interesting, usually you go first week would be archery, then you go muzzleloader, but it's actually the opener of muzzleloader for elk and and deer. So it's they're also using it. It starts right away for uh, muzzleloader. Yeah. Now I can hunt archery during that time. And then it, it goes through the 19th, closes, for, mu for muzzleloader it closes, and then uh, archery goes through the end of the month, and then October 1st starts for rifle. Yep, and then two weeks of rifle season. Well, it's interesting, they give you one week of muzzleloader, but two weeks of rifle. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I think that's just, I mean, obviously they want, I mean, they want to give you a really good shot at getting one, so that's why the rifle season is two weeks. I'm not sure about the... I think the muzzleloader, if it was longer, it would just be in the way of archery, basically. You're Like, you're not giving archery hunters a chance, and you're still not giving them any time before the muzzleloader to hunt. So yeah. uh, that's kind of strange to me. But Yeah, because normally they'll give archery first chance, then muzzleloader, then bring in, you know, rifle to, to back cleanup, but... I'm okay with it. I'm going to try and hunt with the bow anyway. It doesn't matter what the season is. You know, the, I, the it's taken me 21 years to draw this tag. I had three weighted and 18, or three preference points and 18 weighted points. And the draw system is unique in the fact that it's not like elk or deer where you kind of can watch the stats and, and get a feel for, not exactly, but you get a really good feel for how many points it takes to draw a unit. You know when you're in the running. Right. And when you should draw. And it's not that way for moose, goat, and sheep. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's, uh, it's a little bit different system, but um, I think... You know, if you did it the same way, basically, you'd have a bunch of people with max points, and even all those guys wouldn't be 
not all of them would draw. I mean, if you didn't have max points, you'd pretty much be, you'd never be able to draw the tag. So right. I think if you talk to the guys with max points, they're pretty, they're not so keen on the system because they have max points. But if you talk to anybody else, at least it gives people a chance to draw in their lifetime because like I would be, I have half the points that, <laughs> you know, max point guys have and I would never probably ever catch it. Right, that's true. That's true. I can say that now that I've drawn it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I'd agree with that, <laughs> that before. Um, well, and and we talked to uh, um, your buddy. He, I don't know, 14 points or something? He yeah, had, he had quite a there. few too. Uh, but then the other two guys that drew, looking at the stats, one drew with three and six three and five three and five so that eight, eight years total and the other drew with three and zero yeah first year eligible. first year eligible he drew <laughs> which that is, is crazy that is crazy that's crazy he's out of the pool though yeah well i guess as long as he kills yeah well that's uh this has kind of been a bucket list dream hunt for me um I think I'd kind of come to the conclusion that I might never hunt moose in Colorado because, well, uh, you just talk to guys like good buddy Sean Greathouse. He was, he's got max points and he factored in or he was figuring he's been applying for moose for 28 years. His daughter's drawn. Um, and and then of course Andrew Monsell, the other owner of of Hamsky, he drew. Um, and Sean got to video that hunt. But it, you know it's yeah. I mean it's it, it's definitely the most coveted tag. I mean there's guys, you know that I there's guys that have hunted sheep twice. I know guys that hunted sheep twice. Some guys have hunted sheep three times. But, I mean, there's definitely a lot of guys that might not ever hunt moose. So, it's pretty pretty unreal. Yeah. If you hear the little pitter-patter of raindrops, it's because it's raining. And we're really glad we're in a tent and not sleeping in a bivy sack. Yes. So. But I wanted to, on this podcast, kind of lay out what our game plan is for scouting and just kick around some ideas on, uh, on what I'll be looking for. Um, because I'm learning a ton now. Um, moose have always been amazing. They's, they've always been awe inspiring and they're just big. <laughs> they're just so big. Yep. And you know, so now you have this moose tag, and I'm getting texts, hey, here, you know, this is a big moose, this is a good moose, this is, you know, here, do this, do that. I'm getting all this input, all this data, and I'm trying to sort through. And uh, you and I were talking earlier today about how you take that Unit 44 fourth rifle that, that I drew two years ago, and I didn't actually draw it. I actually got it because someone turned a tag back in and I was next on the list. But anyway, I got to hunt that unit mm -hmm. and we set a goal 
and um, I think we found two bucks that were matching that goal, but we passed. I say we because you, there was times you had to lock the door to keep me from getting out and shooting one. But the the, the goal was to shoot a buck of a lifetime. Yeah. And um, I passed on bigger deer than I'll probably ever kill. But we had had a, an opportunity to uh, find some, some really good bucks. Yeah, for sure. And and had some opportunity one one time. You know, we we talked about it on an earlier podcast when we were when we were talking about the deer hunt. You know, having that buck called Beamer, um, and this is kind of an update because I don't think we've talked about it since that hunt. But they did kill that buck last year. Yep. And um, the governor tag came in and killed that buck, um, governor's tag, and uh, he went two oh seven and some change, I think. Yeah, that something sounds like, right. Something like that. Anyway, it's bigger. I don't remember, honestly. Yeah, over 200. I think he was bigger than that because his sheds from the year you passed on him were. He would have been like 210 or 212. Because the guy found his sheds. Yeah. So I think he was bigger than that. Anyway, anyway. he was big. He was big. And I should have grabbed the rifle instead of the bow. If you wanna, if you wanna wallow in my <laughs> in my sob uh, story, you can go back and listen to that podcast. But anyway, I I shared that this hunt, I'm definitely not looking for something that is uh, gonna be a new record. I'm not looking for something that's humongous. I'm just lo- looking for something that's impressive to me. And. Uh, we talked about, you know, for me, scoring moose is I'm literally. If you ask me what a moose scored, I'd I could make something up, but I have no idea. Yeah, I don't. I I've never even. You said you pulled up the Boone and Crockett scoring sheet the other day. Yeah, I've never. Even, I have no idea how they score moose. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely new for me too, and I I mean, I like that stuff a lot. I like scoring antlers and stuff, so. I've been trying to kind of research a little bit, but it's definitely, it's a lot different. Well, how, so spread does count. Yeah, the greatest outside spread does count, which is, it doesn't on anything else. You know, deer and elk, the greatest outside spread doesn't mean anything. It's the inside spread of the main beams, but on a moose, it's the greatest outside spread. And then points count but not the length of points right it's just the number of points so added so if you had a a a moose that had 22 points being what's the qualification what hang a ring on it uh it has to be an inch um I, I believe it's Does it just have the to same, be, and it has to be longer than longer the, than it is wide. Yeah, than it, than the base of it is wide. Okay, um, I think it's that that's the same kind of as a deer elk. So which, he could which he could not, have four or five points on one side that are really really long, but he only gets five or four or five points. Yeah, because the moose a lot of times on the top of his paddle will just have small points, so you're not always getting credit for all of those even though they are technically a point. So, 
And then paddle width. Paddle uh, do, width. Do they... Yeah, paddle width. I I'm not positive on that, but it, it's to one of the like dips um, between points. Um, In the front, so they have brow tines. Well, no, on the width, it's on the back of the. Oh, I got you. It's on the main part of the paddle. But they also have a depth. Then they have a length, which is length. There you go. From the so the end of the paddle to the front and like a moose with with paddles in the front like moose with front points um would score better than a moose that doesn't have front points because you get a measure all the way out to the end of those fronts right it's yeah it's kind of complicated but it's kind of interesting because when you start looking at record book moose it, it it's all it's kind of comparable to a deer meaning 145 inch is an average deer mm -hmm. buck right and 145 inch moose is isn't an average moose yeah you get into the 170s the 180s um you know now you're pushing really really good you know 200 inch moose is a, a shyrus moose is a, that's a good moose yeah that's a giant for yeah sure. so I guess, in a way, you could say, well, it's kind of comparable. What does he score? Well, you know, that that's a 180-inch moose. Yeah. It'd yeah. be like... If we see one of those, we should shoot it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and our plan, it really is to come up here and in sept, uh, late August, September, they... Um, from what our research that we've done, we talk, we've been talking to a bunch of people too. Um, I got a buddy named Louis Fultz who uh, uh, runs a, a guide net service up here. And uh, he's been around a little bit and I've been friends with him for years and, and he gets to spend a lot of time in this country. So he sees a lot of moose. Yep. And, uh, you know, he's been able to share some some thoughts and, and some, uh, some of his knowledge. Um you know, but these moose move into these willow, uh, I want to call them a bog, but I don't know if that's really true. Um, but it's definitely the swampier type areas. And um, in that late August, early September is, is what we're looking to then identify a, an actual moose we want to shoot. Right. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's going to be close on the start date of your hunt as to when they start to kind of rut and move around because, you know, from everything I can tell is they stay kind of in a general area all summer, you know, similar to a deer. And then when that rut hits, they can just start to wander and... So Disappear or reappear. Yep. Yeah. Anywhere. <laughs> And then, you know, I always applied for the, uh, before when you would apply for a tag and you did it by rifle or archery or, you know, whatever, I always applied for the rifle hunt thinking I was going to hunt it with a bow because it was in October and that's when the rut was. Right. So in a situ in, in a, in a way, like if we come in and, and we don't get on something, I'm not going to panic because if we come back in October, I think we'll be able to call some bulls in. Yeah, and I think you got a good chance of catching one 
cruising, but I have I've called in a bull before mid-September too. So I don't know. It just depends. I think. Yeah. Well, it's it's nice to know that we have uh, other people out there that are willing to keep an eye out and and feed us some information. Yep. Yeah. I think it's it's going to be a pretty fun process learning about moose and their habits and where they like to live and I think in here there's honestly probably some really really big world-class moose hiding out somewhere so it's gonna be fun to try to try to get eyes on one of those and guys this is kind of in your neck of the woods too so you can actually spend more time up here yeah yeah it takes me to get to the unit takes me an hour um, to get here it takes me almost two hours but that's you know it's fairly easy we <laughs> we came up after work the other day you know a two hour drive um, some people probably wouldn't say it was worth it but i found two moose paddles so that was that was pretty sweet but i, I can be here pretty quick yeah well i'm 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 stoked you know I, interesting thing it I got a chance to, uh, uh, what, what, well, let me start at the beginning of this story. I, uh, people heard that I'd drawn a moose tag and I was contacted by, uh, Davis tents in Denver. Um, and, uh, so I went and visited with them actually before I drove up here and got a chance to look at some of their wall tents. Cause we're going to need a good, we're going to have a crew. I mean, you yeah. know, we're going to have course camera guys and stuff like that, but but we're going to we're going to have some guys that are going to come up just to help because sometimes, you know, it's it's very possible we might need to divide up just to go find find something that, you know, that, that we can make a play on. Right. And uh I really want this hunt to be fun. Mm -hmm. Not just for me, but for everybody. Um I don't mean to downplay hunting moose, but I feel in in some regards that this hunt is the hard part uh, of drawing the tag is done. Mm -hmm. Now we can just have the fun, and I want to share that with my buddies, you know, all my good friends and stuff like that. And so that's that's uh, I got a chance to go look and kind of pick and choose some things I like about wall tents and, and be able to get one ordered for uh, for the hunt. Yeah, that'll be sweet. That'll yeah. be a good good base base camp. Got to can have a stove in there. Yeah. It it'll it'll be yeah, nice. it'll be nice. And and you know, for me a wall tent, I can't help but think of uh, you know, old school uh red flannel you know oh yeah blue but jean type hunting you know lots of nostalgia and yeah yeah because <laughs> the old wall tent yeah it's starting to rain a bunch yeah it is i mean really picking up it's been raining since for a couple hours now yeah we need the moisture though yeah. it's been dry yeah well what do you think is the uh well, let, let's let's stop for a second and talk about my what my setup's going to be. I've been playing around with um, my bow now. Of course, you, 
Oh, so you're not using the at label anymore? No, I'm not. I can't even say it. At lot, at lot, yeah, spear, spear chucker. Um, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm playing around with some different things, and um, I'm definitely going to be shooting a heavier arrow. Um, right now, I've got a setup where I'm. Uh, my my total arrow weight is f of almost 500 grains, which is pretty heavy for me. Yeah. Um, I last year I increased my weight and got up to about 435. Really like that, but for for this I'm I'm even bumping it more. Yeah. And I'm doing that with uh, a little weight behind the insert, um, extra 100 grains. So my front of center. For for everybody who geeks out on, uh, uh, you know, on bow specs and arrow specs and builds like that is, I think I punched it in to the calculator on gold tip. I think it was, uh, I'm like 17% FOC. Oh, yeah. So it's not super, super high, but, you know, it's it's higher than, but I shoot, you know, uh, right now I'm, I'm playing around with the, uh, those pro hunters. Mm -hmm. 340 spines because I've shot those for years and I love them but I'm probably going to when I finally build my, my arrows for actual for the moose hunt I'll probably go with that kinetic mm -hmm. Pierce yeah the Pierce Platinums Pierce Platinums yeah those yeah. are micro diameter yeah, yeah I'm thinking about going with that I'm I'm concerned, and maybe I don't need to be, but I'm concerned. I called Tim Gillingham, and we had a long conversation. And of course, Tim is uh, knows more about arrows than I'll ever learn. He's probably forgotten more about arrows than I'll ever ever learn. But he was kicking around some ideas, and uh, he doesn't think I need to go even as heavy as I'm going. Um, but he's also a 30-inch draw. Yeah. And, you know. It's, it's probably longer than that. Yeah, it probably is. And, and you know, but for me, I'm trying to get as much kinetic energy and shooting uh, 70 pounds at a 27-inch draw. I'm, I've got plenty of kinetic energy for elk. Yeah. I know I'm going to shoot a fixed blade. I'm, I'm going to either shoot that uh, that traditional uh, cut on contact from, from Wasp. Or I'm going to shoot the Havilon HV. Yeah. I really like that broadhead. Flies, flies. Awesome, awesome. And then I always shoot those four fletches. I, I really like a four fletched arrow. Are you shooting the AAE Max Stealth? On the veins? Yeah. I'm shooting uh, Vein Tech, I think, is what. Oh, gotcha. I think that's what they are. Um, but uh, anyway, I'm my final. The final setup will probably be right around 500, maybe 490. You know. But my concern is when you start getting on those micro diameter, um, you you start adding components and. I worry about weakening everything. You know, yeah. what I, you know what I mean. I don't know. With those collars, I think cause it's a like a half out. 
With yeah, the as long as the collar fits within the shaft. You know what I mean? Like, so the collar, uh, I mean, it's outside also, but, but the, the shaft of the arrow can slide in. Yep. And you've got that to help support it. Sometimes there's even a pin, and I don't know if the pierce, uh, if, if that micro diameter arrow has the the pin that goes inside well so it's a it's a two piece so the is the collar is separate and they're they're i don't remember how long they are they're not super short so they cover the outside of the arrow pretty good but then there's a basically an insert that goes in that's separate and it goes inside so you're you have both the insert and the collar and I think they work pretty good. I've shot a couple animals with it. <clears throat> Not a moose, but well, I'll, I mean, I'm gonna I'll, whatever I do, I'm gonna test it out and make sure I'm comfortable, confident, and accurate. So, well, I'm excited. What's what do you think is our next step? And we just gotta we just gotta find these. I mean, we know historically I think where there's been a lot of bulls and we just got to keep checking them and we got to learn them and learn how to access them and that's kind of what we're doing this weekend because um, the moose the growth isn't yeah, you well, wouldn't you wouldn't be able to tell if, how if, big yeah. a bull. I mean I saw a bull two weeks ago that had I mean, he was he was growing out fairly decent. I mean, he was going to be a decent bull, but there's there no way to tell. He, you know, he's he was had his fronts going pretty good, and then the main part of his paddle was, you know, a third of the way grown out. But there's no way to tell point length or anything or how many points at that, you know, at this juncture. But yeah, I yeah. think I think you get <clears throat> like into July and the mid part of July then you can kind of tell if a bull is going to be something or not and you know as it gets to that time hopefully hopefully we've had we've seen a few and kind of can keep checking in on them and see which which one's gonna which one we're gonna like you know the the, the advantage we have with moose is moose doesn't mo moose don't get bothered as much there's a lot of of recre recreational people out here enjoying this beautiful country, you know, mm -hmm. um, and and that was one of the concerns, you know. And you you get a situation, you find a early season buck or something, big velvet buck, and you you know you just hope other people don't find him, right? Or uh, you find him and he's too close to a road and you know you got everybody zipping around on atvs or whatever and and you know he, they just don't put up with it very long moose doesn't seem to bother them yeah it's just they don't get the pressure i think that the other animals and get. i think they're so darn big yeah that they, they just don't they they're not as skittish as deer or elk right um and and yeah, they don't get hunted like deer or elk either. Maybe that has a lot to do with it, but I'm looking forward to finding a few, having a few options, creating a 
a wish list if 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 I can put it that way of of you know bulls I'd like to have a chance at and then yeah. for me the thought of okay if I find one open in morning and I can locate him again what do I do September 12th I mean Colin Colin might work yeah but I th- I think the that the strategy to go is get that Montana cow moose decoy yeah and and you know stay on wind and then work in and, and try and get within close that distance yeah I think that thing's gonna work sweet honestly yeah I'm kind of excited I mean that's yeah that's a pretty good game plan at least for the early season and you never know I mean you could try calling and that especially even with a decoy you know might be enough to pull a bull in they Just even they get, even have a, a small moose head with antlers oh really that, that that's kind of i think i think it's just the head that i saw i think i saw ralph and vicky using it in in canada um but yeah i'll have to get get that thing because that would be cool too especially oh, yeah. especially october oh yeah you know yeah so when they get all when moose get postured up it's pretty cool to watch they're, yeah their eyes kind of roll back in the back of their head and they got that they got that sway going yeah. in their antlers that's pretty sweet yeah i've only seen it on tv well that's no, not true i've i've seen it in person but it was two bulls off the side of the road bowing up at each other yeah um but yeah good times good times well we'll see i i mean i gotta do i gotta put my my time in and then i i have no concept of what it's gonna be like to get a moose on the ground because <laughs> they're so dang big they are big but i mean <clears throat> you know just get them broken down and get out of there might be a few more trips than they're used to with elk, but yeah. I think just got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Well, we will continue to keep everybody posted on our progress. Uh, again, I'm 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 a super excited. I'm I'm stoked. Uh, got a busy summer. Um, we got some fun stuff in the pipeline. Um. Yeah. And then food plot season's coming. Yep. Got to go plant food plots in Kansas, Missouri. And then um still waiting on Wyoming deer draws. See if I drew I drew elk in Wyoming, but I'm waiting to see if I drew deer and antelope and if my daughter did. And then uh, and then next thing you know it's going to be 4th of July. Oh man. And then yeah, it's gonna blow by. We gotta yeah. gotta put it work, put the work in. Yep. Well, you got anything else to add to this, uh, Tanner? Since you are the, um, what did you tell me earlier? You said, oh, Trev, you do, but you do have one thing going for you. You have me. 
<laughs> I mean, I don't think I need to say anything else other than that. That's <laughs> I'm just, just going to go into a chicken and rice coma and yeah, call it a night. House. Yeah, exactly. All right. Guys, God bless. We'll keep you posted. As always, go out, embrace what inspires you, get out in the wild, talk to you down the trail.